HR leaders, what's on your mind these days? Is it AI? Is it the economy? The talent market? Remote work? Retention? DEI? Pay transparency? New laws? Our 2024 Workplace Trends Report outlines how HR leaders are thinking about these challenges and what they believe will help their organizations overcome them. Want to find out what they said? Head on over to peoplemanagingpeople.com forward slash workplace trends 2024 and download the report to find out. I think a leader by definition sets the direction, sets the vision for a group. Now, whether you lead from the front or lead from the back, your role is to ensure that everybody that's part of your group or your team knows what the destination is and what that path is. Welcome to the People Managing People podcast. We're on a mission to build a better world of work and to help you build happy, healthy, and productive workplaces. I'm your host, Tim Reitzma. And I'm pretty sure that if you're a leader, you want to be an effective leader, correct? I have the pleasure to sit down with Andrew Bartlow, a leading HR and business consultant who has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share. In this episode, we specifically talk about becoming an effective HR leader, but guess what? The process he outlines and shares is valuable to anyone in leadership. We talk about prioritization, goals, outcomes, and most importantly, well, in my opinion, curiosity and the power of curiosity. So stay tuned if you are interested in becoming an effective HR leader or, well, an effective leader. Andrew, I'm really excited to have you on the People Managing People podcast. You know, as we were talking offline, you know, we are a publication for HR and leaders. And today's conversation is really about how to become or how to be that effective HR leader. I know there's been a lot written on this topic. There's also a lot of conversation around this. So I'd love to hear your perspective and and uh, based on your your 25 plus years of experience being an HR leader and you're running your your program. And, and so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. So welcome, welcome to the, to the show. Well, thank you. Yeah. We really, really appreciate you hosting me. Yeah. And I always ask, or I try to always ask a few questions before we get into the conversation. One is, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what, what are you up to these days? What's, what's top of mind for you? Um, well, boy, surviving the uh, end of summer heat wave here in the San Francisco Bay Area. My little girls are back to school. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm in the the midst of a of our fourth cohort um, of HR leaders in the People Leader Accelerator. We can talk more about that and getting ready to start considering applicants for uh, for this coming January as well. Yeah, so lot, lots of lots of stuff happening. I actually just had an article hit uh, today. Icon Outlook uh, posted something. Um, they, they asked me to write about digital transformation in HR tech. And so maybe this is a rabbit hole we go down. Platform proliferation. There's an mm. awful lot of HR technology that people are signing up for and not getting much value out of. Um, so that... that uh, that was a milestone for me today, get, getting another major media hit, which was a lot of fun. 
Uh, that's a lot of fun. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, we'll, we'll make sure we put links to your program, uh, your website, as well as uh, this article. I'm, I'm also curious to, to take a read as, as on our publication, we have uh, numerous top 10 or best 10 tool lists. And we, you know, our, our mandate at People Manage People is to help people build a better world of work. And, you know, sometimes software can assist in that. Um, but, you know, sometimes if we sign up to everything, we don't know what it's all supposed to do. And then we need to hire a team to try to create integrations and in between it all. So maybe we'll get into that conversation as we talk about becoming an effective HR leader, because, man, there's there's a lot of things, a lot of tools being being uh, pushed into into this space. But the first two questions that I always ask after the the opener is, what does it mean to be a leader? I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Sure, sure. Well, I, you know, I, I think a leader, by definition, sets the direction, sets the vision for a group. Now, whether you lead from the front or lead from the back, your role is to ensure that everybody that's part of your group or your team knows what the destination is and what that path is. Oh, I love that. Yeah. If, if we don't know where we're going, uh, it just causes chaos. And, uh, you know, we're seeing and hearing a lot of things in the job market right now of people not necessarily bought into where the company's going, know what their contribution is and are, and are just uh, either quitting or, you know, maybe not adding uh, the right value into the, into the team that maybe uh, their manager might even want or the, the top leaders, but setting that direction. You know, getting everybody on the same page. I, I couldn't agree agree more on that. And the next question I ask, which might tie into this, is as, as I mentioned, our publication is about helping people build a better world of work. When you hear this phrase, what comes to mind? Building a better world of work. Yeah, I, I think of the experience that workers have with work when we think about that better world. Um, I also, you know, think about the productivity and effectiveness of the organizations that we work for. So, you know, hopefully we're improving the health and, and driving the success of those organizations and, uh, those, those people, including us, uh, that work at those organizations are having a better experience and may, maybe that's a better work-life balance. Maybe that's, you know, more, uh, uh, more effective mental health and self-care uh, maybe that's a living wage you know could be could be a variety of things but i i would i think most centrally tie that better world of work back to the experience of the people that work in that world mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree that there's not necessarily one you know one size fits all it's it's a pretty open-ended question or open-ended statement but i think what i'm hearing is you know, if you're leading an organization or part of an organization, you need to kind of take stock of where you are now. What's that experience? Where are there gaps in, in that employee experience? And figure out, you know, how to how to create that experience where people can thrive and uh, and can succeed. That's great. Agreed. Well, and and heck, Tim, I I think I'd tie a really close connection to the first question about leadership. Um, you know, a better world of work you should have direction in that world. You know, organizations are more successful. The people that work at those organizations are happier if you know what you're trying to accomplish. If your team has clarity and focus and alignment. And a lot of what I talk about 
um, in, in my mentoring of other HR leaders is getting clear on what your priorities are, on what you're trying to accomplish. And boy, that goes for the, the head of the HR function, any HR business partner, and heck, any person managing other people. You know, get clear about what you're trying to accomplish. I think that's a great transition even into our topic today, which is all about becoming an effective HR leader. And so, you know, when when we had talked a number of weeks ago and we're talking about the topic of the the podcast and, you know, we're talking about this idea of, of becoming an effective HR leader, what does that mean? What does it mean to be an effective HR leader? I think, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, boy, that's a that's a mountain of of books and a big a big hairy concept to uh, uh, to wrestle with. Yeah, uh, let, let's start with what it's not. What it's not, and again, being an effective HR leader is doing all the things. So many HR leaders get spread so thin, trying to do all the things for all the constituents trying to be the employee advocate, you're trying to be the business partner, you're trying to uh, be you know, financially savvy and understand your company's P&L, you're trying to you represent uh, the greater social good in your organization, you're trying to implement the latest policy process procedure in your organization. It's not doing all the things. It's impossible mm-hmm. for somebody to be successful doing all the things. What it means to be effective as any leader but especially in HR that has so many stakeholders, uh, that has so many people with expectations and demands on your role, um, is to work on the right things. What does it take to be an effective HR leader? Work on the right things. What are the right things? It depends. It depends what your organization is trying to accomplish. The right things for Google right now are probably different than your seed series SaaS venture-backed startup, which are probably different than what you and I are working on as you know small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting this goes back to leadership and clarity, focus, and alignment. What does it take to be an effective HR leader? Work on the right things, and that means understanding what your organization and your key stakeholders believe are the most important things. And then make sure that there's a really clear tie to the activities and projects and initiatives that you're driving and those most important things for the organization. Well, it's so important. Uh, and I've, I've connected with a lot of HR leaders. I've, I've had, I would say, almost an accidental step into HR along my career journey um, and, uh, and was that person and I know people who are, who are the expectation is to do everything, you know, help with uh, values alignment, help with the culture building, help with leadership development. Oh, and we need to hire 30 people this month and we need to expand globally. Oh, and by the way, we're also going into a hybrid work model. So go and check the local laws to make sure we're, we're, we're staying in compliant and, 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 and so I know, and I've heard, and I've seen HR leaders becoming burnt out because it's just so much. So how do we decide? How do we determine what's right? How do we have that conversation with the CEO or the COO, depending on where who we report into? You know, we could say, hey, we're burnt out. I don't know what to focus on. Or, you know, how do we even initiate that conversation to become effective? Great question. Where do you start? Um, and, and I'd say, you know, start with 
your stakeholders in mind. You know, who are your stakeholders? Uh, so many MBA here, stakeholder analysis, try to figure out who cares about the work that your organization does. So maybe that's your investors. Who are your investors? What are they trying to accomplish? Maybe you have a founder, owner, CEO. What does that person or a small group of people care about? What are they trying to accomplish? Executive team. They may have some different motivations, different ideas. Maybe there's a career path opportunity. Maybe there's a financial success metric that they're trying to reach. Broader employee base, uh, their stakeholders. You can subdivide it a couple of different ways. Outside community. What does a community care about? Maybe depending on the type of work that you do, there may be more or less broad uh, social community interest in what you do. Your customers, they care about what you do. Um, so think about the various stakeholders. You can map it out any way that makes sense for you in your environment. Who has power and influence? Like who, who actually gets to decide whether you're doing a good job or not? And, and who's interested? So mm -hmm. a power and interest grid is something that you could do on a cocktail napkin um, as you think about your stakeholders. Who are those stakeholders? Who has power and influence? And who's interested? And those that have lots of power and influence, usually it's a CEO, owner, founder, investor, ends up in, in an upper right uh, category there of you know high influence, high interest. Uh, you're going to, and, and investors, owners of the organization, you're going to want to be really clear about what they're trying to accomplish. Is that increasing top line? Is that uh, doubling in size? Is that reducing your burn rate because it's hard to raise capital right now? Is it a new market expansion or new product entry? Um, what What is it? And so you as an HR leader, it's your responsibility to figure these things out. How do you do it? You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to get your hands on the latest all hands uh, deck, uh, the latest investor pitch deck uh, as your company raised funding. Um, you can ask for a, a board meeting or investor deck. These decks I'm talking about, you know, PowerPoint um, pitches. Mm -hmm. um, have a conversation with your CEO or head of finance. Um, number of different sources. If you're afraid to sit down and ask, listen, listen to what people are talking about. Listen to what those key stakeholders are asking about and what they're working on and try to figure out um, how to connect the dots to support the things that they're working on. Um, it may take a little bit of creativity to figure out how you in HR can impact building top line revenue, but it's not impossible. And you can absolutely make a leap, uh, make a connection into numerous human resources-driven projects and activities off of any one of the you know, sample you know, thought starter ideas that I gave there. Mm -hmm. So you know, start by asking questions. Those are a few places to, to start and, and look at what's written down already. Look at what those stakeholders are talking to each other about. Yeah, it's so important to ask questions. Don't just come in. You know, guns a blazing and assume uh, that uh, that you've got all the right answers because if you don't actually ask the questions, how do you know you've got the answers to to those questions? 
But I agree, it's like looking at those objectives of the organization. If you're coming in as a brand new HR leader, or maybe you've been promoted, or maybe you're a, you've been at the company for five, 10 years, uh, becoming an effective leader or HR leader is looking at what are those company objectives? What's our vision? How do I, how can my team or how can I, if I'm a team of one, contribute to the success of this organization getting to that vision? I think that is the, the number one place to start, regardless of where you're at in your career. Be wary of coming with a solution that's still looking for a problem, right? That, that's something that can be a trap that's so easy to fall into. Oh, I read about this new piece of HR technology. We have a, you know, a performance management software or an employee survey, you know, culture survey. And I, I heard about this thing and it's great and we need to go do it. Um, I, I, I used to hate Mondays when I, when I worked in-house because the CEO would always come in with these, you know, fantastic new ideas from the book that they read or the, you know, the CEO investor dinner that they went to. And let's, let's go do all this stuff I just heard about. Those are solutions that are in need of a problem. Mm -hmm. So start with what are you trying to accomplish? We're tying it right back to what is the definition of a leader? That's setting the direction and the vision, being clear about the focus and getting aligned, uh, getting your organization aligned around it. So start with what you're trying to accomplish and then work on those things. You know, using the um, Franklin Covey concept of big rocks. So what are your big rocks? And then all the gravel and sand can fit in around it. Mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of gravel and sand in the HR world, you know, stuff that needs to happen that can and should, you know, happen in the background without people spending, you know, too much time and attention on. Get that stuff done. There's still a keep the business running level of activity, but be really clear about what those big rocks are that'll be really meaningful to your organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. The big rocks, we've used them. Uh, I use them within my team and and I've used it in other organizations as well. And it just keeps everybody aligned. So we'll put a link, make sure we put a link in the notes to to that uh, to that framework. But you know, something that's come to mind is it's great. You know, We're hearing, we're listening to all of these things. Like you said, the CEO comes in on Monday and says, hey, I've got all these great ideas. To become an effective leader is also to not just say yes to everything. And so from an HR perspective, yeah, there's, there's so many pieces of software. There's so many models. There's so many different things we could be bringing into organizations. You know, maybe if, if you can touch on this, and I know I'm kind of going off script a little bit, but how do, you, how do we say, it's a great idea, but no? Yeah. Uh, the, I actually, in, in the cohort program we, we talk about, and in the mentoring that I do one-on-one -on -one with HR leaders, we practice the language. We role play. It is really uncomfortable. People don't want to do it. They'll look for any excuse to not role play. Um, but boy, trying to like getting practice using the words, you can say no or not yet or let's think about it a, a bunch of different ways. So I don't know. Heck, Tim, we could we could role play it if if we want to. Um, what what? great new idea do you have that I can gently say no to? Okay. Well, let's, let me think let's here. Do it. This is really off script. Yeah, this is, this is, we haven't practiced this. We haven't rehearsed this, but you know, let's just keep on this, uh, this theme of technology. You know, there's, there's these, uh, 
kind of micro niches of of software. So I think we need to we need to reconstruct uh, our performance managements as well as go from smart goals to OKRs and uh, tie that into a new quarterly planning framework. That's great. That that sounds really interesting. Um, what we're working on right now is trying to double the size of the firm with pretty heavy recruitment activity. And we just implemented the SMART goals within Lattice, and we're not even a full cycle into it so far. And our third priority is XYZ. And so, you know, it might make sense to take a look at shifting into this new model, but we should probably talk about it after we get through this full cycle or the next one, and we can do an after action review before we um, before we switch up our processes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I forgot that we we just implemented this uh, this smart goal framework in Lattice. So let's uh, let's use that money first that we that we're spending. So totally off script and and on the fly. Um, but what I'm leaning on were, were two different angles. One is we're already working on a handful of things, and do we want to add this to the plate, or what are we going to take off? to add this new thing. And two is we're often changing horses midstream before we really give something a chance to work. Um, and, and that happens in, in human resources and management processes where um, you get kind of the flavor of the day idea. And, and I, I think it's largely up to us to, to resist that, resist the flavor of the day and you know, try to stick with the tried and true and you know stage appropriate activities yeah in the long run it's to become effective it's it's that practice of you know i think not saying no or gently no to absolutely everything because that could have its own repercussions but just sitting back and and looking at well what are we trying to achieve and will this new idea this this thought this whatever it is that stakeholders are bringing will it help us achieve these these initiatives and maybe there maybe it will maybe we do need to to uh, pivot in our example we need to pivot for away from you know our smart goals to okrs or we need to implement uh, a different performance management or whatever it is um, to support the growth but but i think it's that that art and ability and that confidence of saying well just let's let's explore this a little bit the confidence really matters, right? You know, how do you see yourself as a human resources leader? Are you the the server, the order taker that interacts in a really friendly way and you know brings the cheeseburger with a smile and you're you're you get a great tip and you leave a great customer experience? Or are you the 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 creator of the restaurant concept who's figuring out what's on the menu and whether you have tables or booths or you know, how, how the whole restaurant works. That's what human resources can do if you think about yourself as a management consultant mm -hmm. versus purely customer service. Customer service is important. You want to do it really well. Don't want to discount that. People should be proud to do customer service. Strategic human resources leadership is more about the concept design. How will you manage this organization what you what will you work on? It's not just you know taking people's orders. Mm -hmm. it's, it's deciding what's on the menu. 
Oh, I love that. And yeah, it's deciding what's on the menu. And I think of small teams, small organizations that might only have one person sitting in the HR seat who is the person designing the menu, but also the person then runs to the back and, and cooks the food. I've been in that situation where you know, I was the only one of a company of 65, really, really aggressive growth, growth targets, plus platform changes. And we just kept adding and adding and adding to the point where it's like timeout. We need to, we need to rethink what, uh, what the shape of this team looks like. And luckily I had a CEO who he's, he's an awesome person, bought in, agreed that, yes, we need to, in order to do all these initiatives, we have to grow the team. And so I think of, I think of all my friends and all the people that I know are just that team of one in HR who have been that order taker and person in the, in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> short order cook. Yep. A short order cook. Uh, trying to be the most effective as possible. What advice would you give somebody who is in that situation? Yeah. Um, boy, a number of pieces of advice. You know, one is you're not alone. You're, you're really not alone. Find a peer community that you can connect with. I'm, I'm a member of Startup Experts. Um, their website is startupexperts.us. That, that's uh, a group, about 400 people that are heads of their HR function mostly teams of one or one, two, or three that are figuring this stuff out themselves as well um, at mostly, you know, small but growing companies. So one, one is you're not alone. Two is figure out what your big rocks are, figure out what the right stuff to work on is and ensure that you've got a balance that makes sense for, for you as an HR professional for your stakeholders, whether you report to the CEO or wherever you report, that your your uh, that your boss is supportive of where you're spending your time and what you're what you're accomplishing. That's really important. Maybe a story. I, just before taping this podcast, I was on a mentoring discussion um, with with one of my mentees, who's the head of HR at a 45 person healthcare tech company. And I was checking in what's, what's going on, what's, you know, top of mind. And, and uh, we talked about all the stuff, all the, you know, interesting employee relations and, and people issues. And I asked her, okay, well, what are the most important things for your organization right now? And she took a breath and, and said, I don't know. Um, I'm working on, all, uh, these are her words. I'm working on all the stuff. And, you know, Andrew, I've, I think I've lost sight of what are the right things that I should be working on. Can we, like next time we talk, can we go back to, um, boy, I put together a slide for the board a couple of months ago that I never had a chance to present that had the top three HR priorities. And one of those was manager effectiveness. And Andrew, I haven't done anything at all on manager effectiveness in those three months. I've, I'm working on these, you know, tactical day-to-day -day things. We should, we should keep an eye on that. We absolutely should. You should. And so, you know, I, I think being clear about your top-level priorities. Nobody can do that but you. Mm -hmm. uh, so you got to take ownership for it. And that's where I suggest find your community, find others that are that, that are having the same experiences, find a mentor or coach to whatever extent that you can to, to help keep you honest 
to to remind you uh, to check your priorities, and uh, and that'll help you you know stick with it. Yeah, I think there's there's a theme to the conversation so far, and that is really leaning into curiosity. And uh, I'm a fundamental believer that curiosity is something we don't necessarily practice enough or or even explore enough within our organizations. But man, is it a superpower! Leaning into that ability to ask good questions and uh, in a way that just draws out insights using a technique of of like five whys, but maybe switching it up to five what or five hows. You know, it's like we need a new performance management system. Well, why why would we think that? Well, it's like let's let's figure out what maybe there's a root to the problem that our current system can actually solve versus just jumping to that that uh, latest and greatest thing. So curiosity and then that communication, and then ownership, regardless if you're a team of one or a team of you know ten people in your in your HR department is is taking ownership of uh, of your tasks, but also of your as you said the big rocks, the initiatives, and the strategic plan. Would you would you agree with that or anything else to add? Yeah, I. I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, taking ownership, I think, also includes communicating what you're working on. That drives alignment and clarity from your stakeholders. You know, so often in HR, we'll put our heads down and do the work and think and hope and expect that our good work will speak for itself. And sadly, it doesn't, not, not in any function, and especially in HR. Um, you should be broadcasting what your priorities are and ensuring that those link up, again, with the most important things for the organization. And if you do that, you'll be less likely to burn out. You'll be more respected. You'll get resources for the things that you want to do because those are things that are obviously supporting the organization versus keep the business running, you know, gravel and sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just an example, and may or may not be a real example. I, it's, uh, it's, it's like thinking of okay, my initiative from an HR perspective is our employee files are a disaster, so we're going to fix that this quarter. But sales and the rest of the organization is fully focused on globalization. You know, that's a complete mismatch, right? Sure, we we do need our file systems matched up, but if that's all we're focusing on, how are we going to you know, either set up entities or, you know, bring in organizations to help us expand into that global market if we need to hire the talent there. So sitting down with your stakeholders and understanding what's their priority, what's everyone's priority. And then it's almost like, not that HR needs to do set their priorities last, but if it's, you also, you need to understand what everybody else is trying to achieve. Otherwise you might be off in left field. That That is a very real example, Tim. So again, same conversation I just referred to with my mentee. Uh, One breath after asking what were the top few priorities for the company, uh, she mentioned, oh, I'm I'm working on standard operating procedures for all the things that we're doing. You know, people keep telling me they can't figure, you know, figure out how we do a promotion or, you know, how we change somebody's pay. It's like, well, weren't we just talking about top three priorities for the organization? And in that, she told me company just signed a massive new contract that will triple the size of the organization. Wow. So like big high five way to go. That's amazing. You'll go from 40 to 120 people in the next year. 
are are standard operating procedures you know directly relevant super high value add could that be helpful as your company scales sure but could you potentially be more helpful in thinking about in-source outsource opportunities thinking about organizational structure and design um figuring out how to how to staff the organization mm-hmm. Um, working on a selection process for you know new senior leaders that that will be brought in, so that the SOPs are technical, tactical, necessary, but probably sand or gravel versus the big high impact things about okay, how are we going to triple in size? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example, and I've I've heard of that. I've been stuck in that uh, throughout my career. Is you just kind of get stuck looking at what what do I have to get done next week? You know, what are people asking for? What's a pain point that I want to alleviate for myself, which is great. We still need to focus on them. But from an organizational perspective is, you know, again, we're, we're to- targeting HR leaders in this conversation, but just from being an effective leader is, is really like still focusing on where are you going? Where's the company going? What am I responsible for? How can I pass that responsibility, share that responsibility with my team? And, and then how do we set up the measures of success, yeah, that accountability? I think it's it's so important, but yet we just we're, we just keep looking at it's like, oh man, this is a pain. I just need to solve this today. And that'll free up time tomorrow. It never, hardly ever does. There may be two visualizations that might be helpful for the audience. One, one is one of my favorite tools, again, kind of mini MBA, um, the, the Eisenhower Matrix. Um, I don't know if Dwight D actually created this or if he just popularized it, but it's an urgency versus importance matrix. So we we talked about the stakeholder matrix with uh, with influence and interest. This is around tasks and activities. So what is high impact but relatively low urgency? That's the stuff that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. That's the planning. That's the long range program development. That's the probably the really highly value added big rock stuff that you're not doing because you're in your inbox or you're addressing whatever's in front of you at the moment. So if you think about that high impact, low urgency stuff, most HR leaders would benefit from living in that box a little more than than we do. And then maybe last last visualization is a, a waterfall. Mm-hmm. Start with your company goals at the very top. And then what are the HR activities that you're going to do to support those goals or the HR, the HR programs, initiatives? And then how do you measure that? What, what are the activities and initiatives beneath it? So, you know, it, it all kind of flows down from those top level company priorities. Yeah, I, I love that. I just, I love the visuals, uh, the visualization and uh, the urgency and impact. It's it's easy to get caught up in our inbox just answering emails, which you know need to get done. But uh, is it offering that high impact? But then sitting down, if it's if that's all you're stuck doing every day, all day, there's probably another problem going on, and and maybe you need to sit down with your leader and say, hey, either I need support or something else needs to, we need to adjust something in the organization. So, you know, when if somebody's listened to this, there maybe driving to work, they're on the train, they're commuting or on their way home and thinking, man, I I want to become more effective, but I'm just stuck in this. As you said, this low urgency, low impact, that's where I'm just stuck. I'm stuck in the, the doing. I, I 
cannot get out of that. I cannot get to that place of setting the vision for the HR team and then executing it. Where do we start? Where's, where does somebody take off from there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it starts with awareness. Any good 12-step program starts with admitting that you, uh, that you want to change something. Uh, so, it, so it's acknowledging and admitting and being aware that that's where you're at and you want to shift your balance a bit. Um, and, and second is committing yourself to making a change. And so identify what those priorities are. Um, be curious with your key stakeholders. Like fi- figure out what those things are that, that you should be spending more time on. And, and then it comes down to holding yourself accountable to sticking with it. So what are the memory devices or reminders, the visual aids or calendar ticklers that you can set up to make sure you know, that you're blocking time to work on those things and do those things that'll be, that'll be high impact. And, and hey, I'll be honest, not every environment um, will be supportive of you as an HR leader suddenly becoming strategic and, and suddenly looking to contribute out of the you know, tactical operational lane that you may have been fantastic at for quite some time. So not every environment will, uh, will support that. And what, what's been interesting through some of the mentoring and professional development work I've done with HR leaders is that sometimes they outgrow their situations. And mm-hmm. that's not, not necessarily a bad thing shouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. So start with awareness, you know, make the decision, um, what to work on, uh, is number two. Um, three is hold yourself accountable. Uh, a mentor or a coach can be helpful in holding you accountable or in testing some of your pressure, testing some of your ideas about what's really a priority right now and what's not, um, or helping you to trial some language and, uh, you know, maintain situational awareness. What, what do your stakeholders want and what will your environment support in the moment? I, th- I think that last piece is also very key is what will the environment support? So, you know, you may, somebody might be listening to this and saying, yeah, I'm going to go have that conversation with, with my leader saying like, I'm very tactical right now. We need to be more strategic. Here's some ideas. Some leaders might go, nope, I need you to be tactical. I know HR leaders who just thrive in that space, and that's awesome. But I also know leaders who have left jobs to go into more of a strategic role versus that tactical, and that's okay too. But I think it's it's that uh, that self awareness and and also being able to understand if your organization will support you and support that because maybe somebody's listening to this and they're not in HR. Uh, maybe you're leading a company or growing an organization or a manager within a team. Uh, give your HR people some love and support, <laughs> but also, you know, that it's such a there's there's such a, a great resource of strategic initiatives, strategic ideas on how to grow the organization. You know, it's easy to say we're gonna we're gonna double revenue this year. How are you gonna do it? We're just gonna hire more salespeople. Okay, well, who's gonna hire those salespeople? Oh, HR will just do it. No, it's not just as easy as just go and hire some more people. Maybe if you're all in the U.S. or Canada, where where I'm at, sure you're going to hire all these people there. But what if you're doing global expansion? You know, your your HR team has the tools and ideas and uh, experience to to help grow 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe last word from, from me on this. I, I sense we're getting close to the end of our time is that strategic and tactical, it's not an either or. It's not a single continuum. Being strategic doesn't mean that you give up being tactical, that you give up doing stuff. Like we, we're all doing stuff and we all should be doing stuff. Being strategic means you're thoughtfully considering what to do. Taking a pause on that. You're not just doing what's in front of you or what somebody asks you to do, whatever is at the top of your inbox. Being strategic means you're being thoughtful and intentional about what you're going to do and what your priorities are. And then we get tactical. Then we go deliver. We go build the program. We go implement the thing. We go hire the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that might be the, the, the bow on, on these comments of how can you be an effective leader? You have clear direction. You have great priorities. And then you go do it. Yeah, I love that. Clear direction, priorities, get to work. And, you know, there's a thousand excuses of, I don't have time. I, you know, it's, we're too busy. I can't get this stuff done. The person that controls your calendar and your inbox is you. So set the expectation, you know, take a day a week, if that's what it's going to take to just time block. I, I've recently been thinking a lot about that and posting about it on LinkedIn as well Is just, you're, you're the protector of your time. Like you manage your time. So be strategic in that in order to to get things done. And that's how you become an effective HR leader. Andrew, thanks so much for that wisdom. I love that we ended on that note that those, the three things about strategic and tactical. And so thanks again for coming on. Why don't you actually take a minute and tell us a little bit about your, your cohort and what that's about and then, and your next one coming up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. For those listeners and the audience that are human resources professionals, I lead a series of programs called People Leader Accelerator. Our flagship product is a 16-week accelerator program. It's application only, heads of HR at high-growth, mostly founder-led companies in a tiny cohort. We consider it the world's best professional development program for high-growth HR leaders. We run two cohorts per year. 10 people per cohort, you get to know each other and your issues, and you share a lot during that time uh, really well. And then we have a series of trainings and guides and you know really tangible workbooks that can help you tackle a lot of the most common issues that HR professionals deal with. You know, so I, I have a strategic people planning guide that, you know, Tim, we, we can make an offer. I'll get, I, I'd be happy to get uh, your listeners a free copy of uh, it's a 56 page workbook uh, wow. that has the whole strategic planning rundown. You know, what is that waterfall? How do you do the stakeholder analysis? We sell that online, but I'll, I'll make sure that you've got a code to get a free copy of that and a bunch of other stuff that might be helpful for other HR professionals. You know, I, I think that a lot of HR pros could use a personal trainer. And so maybe that's a mentor. Maybe you want to go to a group class, but do something to help yourself keep on track. 
I really appreciate and thank you for your generosity to our audience. And, and we'll make sure we, we put that code in the show notes. So head to peoplemanagingpeople.com under podcasts. So that's where we'll, we'll have, uh, have the code for the, for the, this workbook. I know I'm, I'm really excited to take a look through it as well. And uh, again, Andrew, thank you for uh, your generosity, your time today, and to really uh, speak to us about, you know, we, we focused on HR leadership and becoming an effective HR leader, but if, if you're listening to this and you're not in HR, this still applies to you as a leader or an aspiring leader. So with that, again, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Tim. Really appreciate it. And for those who are listening, we always appreciate your feedback. So please head to peoplemanagingpeople.com. Leave us a comment. Check us out on LinkedIn, as well as I always say, if you have an idea for an episode or just have some feedback, send me an email at tim at peoplemanagingpeople.com. So with that, thanks again for listening and spending some time with us and uh, have a good one. Mm -hmm.